Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Shannon, your beer mistress. This is the professor. And today we are joined by the stuff of legends, none other than Verlin Hayes, the master home brewer. Gee, need to have you here more often. You make my head swell. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the Micro Brew Review. This is episode 33 and it is the long anticipated rhubarb beer episode. Sadly, we are not joined by Cousin Max for this one. He had work obligations. Uh, well, I'll send, send samples with you for just uh, for him I'm sure to he'll be appreciative. You're going to hope they make it back <laughs> to Philly. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start today, since it is um, a legendary episode, with a bottle of Omegang's 15th anniversary. It's a Belgian-style dark ale. And this is just because now we have the obligatory cork sound that we need to have in every episode. And uh, that'll sort of get the wheels lubricated while Verlin educates us on... Um, on rhubarb. On rhubarb, which is perfectly central Pennsylvania. I, yes. I think this could take off. Maybe I should taste it before yeah. I do Yeah, you <laughs> should taste it before. All right. Do you, would you like to do the honor, sir? I will. Sean is very self-conscious about this now. He should be. Oh. Oh, thank you. That was lovely. <laughs> Sean, by the way, became a father yesterday. I saw that. Congratulations, oh. Sean. Congratulations, Sean. I think it was about a week late. He said, yeah. all the world is a stage and they all have their entrances and exits, but somehow my kid is not <laughs> on with it. Thank you very much. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Looks lovely. One of the nice things about being a home brewer, you learn to pour right. <laughs> Do you have to, when you're bottling, how long does that take? Um, bottling one batch takes about two to three hours, and most of that time is spent cleaning. Oh, jeez. In fact, um, my daughter's boyfriend is learning to brew. We have his first batch out there that'll be getting bottled next weekend, and uh, told him, the, he said, what's the most important thing? I said, learn how to clean. <laughs> <laughs> and he likes that part. Oh, that's good. good. So I may have that's him over here all the time when part. I brew. That's, I mean, learn a lot. It'd be like the very, uh, like a martial arts training thing where you do all the teaching well, and he does all the cooking and washing up. Yeah, there <laughs> you Well, go. it is, and you find that when, when you're brewing, the most off flavors you get are because it wasn't cleaned properly or somebody forgot to rinse the cleaning agent off, if it's a rinsable one, because I use a lot of bleach. And mm -hmm. I used to uh, work at an ice cream store, and so we had to clean our soft serve machines, and that was my job. I had the overnight shift. And I could taste sanitizer in mm -hmm. like the smallest little amounts. And it just because, you know, years of doing that, you learn to, to taste it. So yeah. recognize that delicious flavor. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we mm. think? Is it anniversaryable? Oh, yes. I think it's quite lovely. It's, it's Omegon, I mean. I, was, I had some folks at work ask me that dreaded question of what's your favorite beer? And after mm. talking them out of making the answer, um, they asked me instead, what's your favorite style? That's and even tough. Yeah. Well, and I just went with Belgian. I said, with a doubt, because they, they were going off about dogfish. And I was bringing them up to speed. They didn't know the difference between the 60, 75, 90, 120. You know, so it was, hey, I could be sitting behind my desk typing, or I could be talking about beer. I could talk <laughs> about beer all day. Either way, you're getting paid. <laughs> exactly. So... You know, we were about 20 minutes into Dogfish, and they said, oh, well, is Dogfish your favorite brewery? How do you know all this? And I'm thinking, oh, good grief, not even close. It's a segue into your uh, advertising. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So uh, that's when I was like, you know, push comes to shove, Belgians are my favorite, and East Coast breweries, Allagash and Omegang for the win. 
that's probably, I mean, there are lots of others that I love. That was a much easier question before I discovered home brewing and <laughs> well, craft beer. And that's sort of my problem with Fluxus is, you know, it's like home brewing. It's, it's different every year. It's different every batch. You just never know. You, you don't know what you're going to get until, like, uh, oh. until it shows up. Well, and I think the myth, it's a myth in home brewing that there, it's not repeatable. Um, you get repeatable um, output if you really pay attention to what you're doing, if you take notes um, and try to make sure that you understand your equipment. Well, like, like my smoked porter, that's within a couple hundredths of a percentage point in alcohol every time, and the flavor's pretty much the same every time, but that's my favorite one. So. Well, I remember seeing your logbook the first time you had us over. <laughs> there were some copious notes in there, so yep. it is and I got an it art and a science, I guess. Yeah. Doing it all. Well, there's art and science, yeah. And I've got my notes from the, the rhubarb experiment because there were things that... <laughs> I love it. I want a t-shirt The great rhubarb experiment. <laughs> could be like a Charlie Brown show. Yes. <laughs> it, it was interesting. I learned a lot. Um, I'd never done small batches before. Okay. So it was taking the math and adjusting the base recipes and then deciding what I had to do to that because I'm adding something else to it. Um, and rhubarb is a very distinct flavor. Not so much in beer, I found out. Okay. <laughs> it, um, Maybe that's why people don't brew with it. Yeah. It's, <laughs> that's really interesting. It's interesting the way the flavor came out. But uh, like I said, I'm not going to tell you my opinions until after you've tasted it. Well, then we'll we'll get this one out of the way, if you will, which is terrible to say because it is a really nice This is nice really beer. nice. Mm -hmm. I like this a lot. Yeah. It's a 9.6% ABV. I'm having a lot of luck with the anniversary beers lately. Yeah. <laughs> really quite pleased. Um, it's also not raisiny, which when I saw that it was dark and triple, I it was It is kind of fruity, right. though. I'm getting yeah. some raisin out of it. Right. Date, more date. That's it. See, I love dates and hate raisins, so that's a really fine line to walk with beer flavors. Look, his okay. face, he's not buying it. He's like, <laughs> I'm I'm not a fan of of most dried fruit to be perfectly honest, um, but on the nose I feel like I almost got like a cherry or something, mm -hmm. which could be the the date. But well, and once again, it's nice or and like dark. Or like a fig. Mm. Yeah, I could yeah. see that yeah. absolutely. I, I had a nice fig the other day actually in a salad with uh, some tomatoes and a balsamic glaze. It's delicious. <laughs> But, but this is why I can't answer those questions on favorite beers and favorite styles anymore because I've learned so much from brewing and getting into craft beers that it's, well, I don't know. What's the weather like? Right. Here's what's <laughs> what starting day is to it? spoil me is this, when it was poured, it's dark. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, you're not going to see through it. It's got a lot of nice, you know, nose to it. I was expecting a heavy, you know, stout porter type thing, but it's it's a triple, so it's light it's effervescent mm -hmm. it's flavorful it's not heavy at all and since it's the end of april and just wonderful it's actually a beautiful day out today yeah even i can't argue with it <laughs> i'm not a fan of, of heat or sunlight in general but i will i'll take this day you even have a little sun on your face I do think. i eh. my hat's not good enough then <laughs> <laughs> must have been from before i bought it don't, don't set this man loose on a hat shop in New York. Ah, oh, it was great fun. JJ's hat shop. You haven't seen my closet full of hats then, have you? <laughs> <clears throat> All right, so what were the four styles that you attacked? Okay, well, what we did, this took a lot of research, I, I, I felt. 
because I wanted to do it right and I want to get my notes so I don't. Are we ever allowed here. to challenge you again after this experience? <laughs> <laughs> um, not for a while. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it took me quite a while to, dis to decide what, what I wanted to do because I, first I read about six rhubarb pie recipes. I wanted to know exactly what went into them, and, I, and one of those was my grandmother's nice. rhubarb pie. You know, she used to have this patch of rhubarb out in her garden part on her farm, and um, it was always paired with cherries or strawberries. My grandmother's was always cherries, um, and I think it wasn't with strawberry because strawberries can be difficult uh, in brewing or winemaking, strawberries don't come through real well. You have to really work to get that flavor. Hmm. And a perfect strawberry only happens two days a year. Yeah. You know, so. so if you don't get it at the right time, then it's just... But that being said, I did not want to put some other fruit in there um, and, and hide that flavor. So I decided, I looked at, at beers that tend to have fruit in them of some sort. So I went with a stout, thinking of chocolate cherry stouts, that probably since I had just made one. Um, so I've got, it's an imperial stout, very roasty in its flavor, um, a little bit, of, and there's a lot of chocolate in it. Um, I went with a Belgian, and this Yay. is, <laughs> it's, it's a double, and it's a, it's a Belgian recipe I've been working for several years. I have yet to actually get it right, and it usually goes wrong in the carbonation. Okay. I, um, I've ended up with bottle bombs which are not pretty when you open them in a, in a brew pub. Oh. When they invite you, invite your club in, and <laughs> you end up spraying the ceiling with beer. Uh -huh. um, I've had them flat. Um, and then I've had where, where bottle bombs again. I can't get the carbonation right, and I'm not sure what part of it. It's supposed to sit for six months. Oh, wow. Which is why I told you this Belgian's probably not ready for prime time. Because Should we not open it? Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it's not going to do that now. It's only been actually carbonating a week. Okay. It turns into a bottle bomb after about a month if it's not right. But this one is a very high-octane Belgian, um, more so than the regular recipe. So I don't know what I did right there. And then I, then I went with a wheat. Everybody puts fruit with wheat. Absolutely. Um, the wheat one was the easiest. Um, I don't do a lot of wheat, so I copped out and went with extract on that one. Okay. Um, and then the lambic was the last one because I was thinking of the, the tart raspberries that go in frambois. Yes. So, well, rhubarb's tart. I like, that. I like the creek too, which is a sour raspberry right. type flavor. So uh, the only problem was I didn't have a good lambic recipe. And Brad, who I told you about at the, at the local shop, came to the rescue with a quick lambic recipe. And it involved- Is there anything in brewing that's quick? Um, it's relative. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Quick is all, all depending. You figure the Belgian and the lambic, they, their real aging period is at least six months. Um, I brewed these, when did I brew these? I brewed these in the middle of March. Okay, so we should take a bottle of each and put them under our bed and uh, forget about them. Until not the you Belgian. Okay. Just in case it's <laughs> a Belgian. It <laughs> <laughs> Don't want that going off in the middle of the night. That would be hilarious. Well, that, that one came in with a gravity of 1.099, which is extremely high. And then when I woke up at 2 in the morning realizing I forgot to add the sugar that you're supposed to add. So I... So cheated and added it the next morning because all, all the sugar does is it makes it ferment harder right. and it gives it that um, 
there's a flavor in Belgians that you get from sugar. It's got to be in there or, or the yeast doesn't react right <laughs> on the flavor profile. So I didn't do it quite right, but I think it came out okay. The problem is at 1.099, you're looking at a potential alcohol of 10%. And I added a cup of sugar to one <laughs> That's So very potent. <laughs> I mean, I could drive this point home all day, but brewing knowledge is not my forte. Um, but I do love to cook, and I'm getting pretty darn good at it. The, it was about five years ago that I realized how similar bread and beer were. Mm -hmm. um, because I had been coming home from Victory in Downingtown, and I had a growler in the back seat that fell over and like spilled all over my car. And for the first Sad. three days, it smelled like a frat house in there. Uh, but shortly thereafter, it was a nice warm in the summer. I would get in and it smelled <laughs> like baking. bread was baking in my car. And it was, I'm, I'm a carboholic. It was amazing. I, like, I just wanted to You should sit sell there. that in like a, a, a tree that you can hang from the uh, rear view mirror. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. So that's when I said, oh my gosh, I really, it makes sense, you know, from the yeast and the, oh man. It's, it's, we oh. had a, a brew festival at ABC. They give our club a table every year, and I had leftover beer in a keg, strapped it into the back of the van, I thought. <laughs> um, Famous last word. And we were all feeling pretty good. My wife was the DD, and, and uh, strapped it in. She said, is it okay? I said, yep. And we went to go, and I heard thunk. Well, I had left the uh, spout on the keg. <laughs> it fell over and opened. Oh. Nice. So we had the smell of uh, beer in the van. It's probably still in there. I'm always <laughs> worried. I'm like, please don't get pulled over. Right. right. Like, I'm good. I swear. I always wondered about the open container policy and growlers. I've recently started wondering about that because... Well, but they changed like the rule for bottles of wine, so I am... That's true. Expecting if you go to a BYO, you can bring home your half well, empty they'll, bottle. They'll put tape over the top of it when they reseal it for you. They were they're supposed to. Uh, well, and they said most now, of the places I go to, yeah. as long as it's in the back seat, as long out, as it's out of reach the of the driver. Seat, yeah, exactly. Then it should be okay. Yeah. And that's I can understand business. You know, people want to buy a bottle, especially if it's you know ladies' mm -hmm. night and half price bottles or whatever. Sure. But that doesn't mean you want to finish well, it off. Most places around here with the growlers, they'll put heat shrink tape over it. Okay. Unless they really know you really well, um, a couple of places. And then they give you a straw? No, no. They know you're going to. You're not going to drink it. Until okay. You they are still liable if you do yeah. something. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was reading about that. Just some of the insurances and the coverages they need. It's a. It's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. You know. But. And I think most places are, are are well aware of that. Well, there's a lot of bars that are becoming bottles, uh, like filling growlers now too, so I imagine they already have a lot of that mm -hmm. coverage and liability anyhow. So, being that the four styles are all so very different, uh, is there an order that you recommend we proceed in? Well, I would probably start with the wheat wheat and the lambic. They're the lightest of, in flavor. Start go big. Yes. Just like wine. Start with the lighter bodied and right. lighter colored. Cool. And the bowl is here for... Wow. This is not his first rodeo. No, <laughs> this is good. I've, I have had people ask me, thank you, sir. I have had people ask me, why is it that when you go to a winery and you're tasting wine... That they try to get you to spit it out? Well, there's that too. Uh, well, yeah, Aaron Maybe asked that. they do, I don't. Yeah. I, know. 
It has to be really bad before I'm going to spit it out. But you do, you rinse your glass a lot of times right. between each pour. Why is it that breweries with the sample cups don't do that? Okay, that was good. Um, I'm not sure the answer of that, but here at Verlin's house, we certainly do. I, I mean, I guess by the same principles, you probably should. Yeah. I think yeah. most people buy their second or third beer don't really care anymore. Probably <laughs> a lot like wine, too. <laughs> I, am inc- hmm. I am not a wheat lover either. And uh, this is this might be the fourth wheat beer I've ever made. And you've been at this for how long? Almost 10 years. Wow. I like that it's cloudy. I'm so easy to please and cite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting this reputation for being an awful beer snob in every other way, but well, cloudy beer. <laughs> exactly. It's well, pretty. It, it's not light and it's cloudy. This is awesome. Well, and, and, and you do get that way. My daughter's boyfriend said I've ruined him at some of the parties I go to because he can't drink what's served anymore. Uh, well, and, but you know what? I would rather drink water. If I'm not going to enjoy yeah. it, it's not, I'm not drinking the beer to feel tipsy. Right. I'm drinking the beer I because beer I enjoy it. because it's delicious. It. Yeah. And I, I'll find that. Like, I'll go to a bar sometimes and I'll look at everything they have and, you know, maybe I'll get that IPA that I haven't tried that they have on tap or something like that and I'll try it and it's okay and then I'll stick with water or I'll get wine or something so you see it's it's not fully carbonated yet it's going to need to set so i really only get the rhubarb at the very end mm-hmm. in more of a tart kind of way yep which is really what rhubarb tastes like you know so it's not that that was what i got and and the wheat almost gives it that pie crust flavor at the beginning they're really good so i'm, I'm not displeased with it but i'm not a wheat beer drinker um like my, I made wheat beers for my son and my daughter one time years ago when I, I'd only been brewing a couple of years, said, well, I'll drink your beer if you make me a purple one. Oh, jeez. So I did. <laughs> blueberries? Blueberry. Well, she hates blueberries. Oh. So she doesn't know there was a lot of blueberries in it. It was blackberries, raspberries, blueberries. Um, and I did it wrong. So I had to put the fruit in a second time to get the color. And it was around 14% when Holy it was all done. Cow. And it was wheat-based. You'll drink it in your luggage. <laughs> oh, everybody liked it. Do you, do you like Black and Blue by uh, Dogfish? It's blackberries and blueberries? I haven't tried that one yet. I think that's a great dessert beer. I was talking about Dogfish. It's funny that you brought it up because I had almost the same conversation with a, uh, a woman that I just met this past weekend up in New York. Her name is, funny enough, uh, Jennifer Gray. Um, why is that of, funny? Of dirty dancing reputation. Oh, I, I, I'm the like the only girl in the U.S. who's never seen that. <laughs> never seen that uh, or Ferris Pretty Bueller's Woman. Day Off. Okay. Uh, anyhow, she uh, she works at a speakeasy in Wilmington. And we got funny. to talking about... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we got to talking about beer and stuff. And she's like, what do you think about dogfish? And I was like, well, you know, it's really not my favorite. I think they do some good stuff. You know, their IPAs, I always go elsewhere before I go pick them. And I was like, but I do really enjoy, like, the Noble Rot I like a lot. And I like how experimental they are. I like that they'll say, hey, we found this recipe in an Egyptian tomb, so we're going to make it. It's like, good for you guys. That's awesome. They're not afraid to try Even if I don't like it, it's like, that's incredible that you decided to do it. I would like to point out that both of us have a birthday beer, and both of them are dogfish. Because yours is the 120, and mine is the But every year I go, eh, it's okay. (laughs) I know, right? It's a birthday beer because it was rare at the time and expensive. I like their 90 minute better than the 120. Uh, We do too. I do too. (laughs) Yeah, and their 60 minute to me is kind of just like, eh. Eh, It's an IPA. (laughs) It's kind of like Gingling is a lager. Right. It's good, but it's just still just a lager. It's it's decent. 60 minutes, just an IPA. Now their Indian brown is is my favorite of all of theirs. 
Is that the... Uh, it's the one they use beet sugar. baton or... No, they, they call it Indian just brown. Indian brown? Okay. It's just one of their flagship run-of-the-mill ones. Very drinkable. The only problem I have with it is after about three or four, you get that beet sugar feeling in the back of your throat. And so I'm done. Yeah, I don't like beers that stick around too long. Yeah. No. That's and why I can't drink Newcastle Nut Brown anymore. Yeah. I'll taste the nuts for days. It's sort of like Chardonnay <laughs> is buttery. The nuts, they roast the nuts, and I'm like, oh, I'm still burping nuts. That was not worth one pint of beer. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. The beer mistress is not a lady. <laughs> Truth comes out. She's a belcher. Well, it's either that or your head explodes. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to say that probably the only other wheat beer I drink with any kind of regularity because it's available is the um, strawberry wheat from Lancaster Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. I like this better. Yeah, I do too. I never. Um, I find that there's not a lot of strawberry in the strawberry yeah, wheat. We I'm talked about that. There's not a lot of anything in the strawberry wheat. It's more of a golden when I pour it. You know, it's clear, it's golden, mm-hmm. it's straightforward. There's not a lot. It's going like crisp. On. It's clean, but yeah. it's not exciting. It's a good well, hot weather beer. Strawberries yeah. in brewing, strawberry flavor is hard to get it. Really hard to get into a beer unless you use an extract flavor, and then you can. Then it's like Kool Aid, and mm-hmm. right. Um, I've only found the chocolate and the cherry extracts are the only ones that actually give those flavors as advertised, and even mm-hmm. that is tenuous. Now, you were at our barbecue in Labor Day. Yes. And we had the raspberry stout for dessert. <laughs> I know that was a long time ago. Uh, but yeah, but you had me at stout. Okay. <laughs> Do you remember what, for the flavor profile of that one, do you remember? Oh, I loved it. Okay. Because I just bought a bottle of Widemer Brothers. Was that the Naked Fish or whatever? Yes. yes. And I, it was double Naked Fish. I don't. I bought it because of the label and yeah. the fact that it went with exactly what we were doing in the Peach Cobbler. I was like, I don't oh, even know if I actually got to try it. I probably did, but it was so late in the night and <laughs> we, we were just running around the whole time. I just bought a Widemer Brothers Reserve Raspberry Imperial Stout. It's good. You actually left one in my fridge a while back, and I drank it recently. Oh, did you? Oh, yes. Widmer Brothers. Yes. They make good beer. I am they do really, make good beer. I, yeah. I feel like I their, just rediscovered them for the first, right, second for time. Yes. The beer dinner the other week? Um, I blogged about them two and a half years ago, maybe. I bought a bottle of bourbon barrel-aged stout. It actually said burr, burr on the side, and it was the middle of winter, and I hate the cold. So I was like, that's adorable. I'm going to buy it. <laughs> And it came in a box and everything, so I thought it was really high-end. Uh, that's what I gave Nate for his birthday, actually. Right, I remember. And uh, that's the only time I'd ever had Widmer Brothers until the uh, DC Beer Festival. And I loved their Hefeweizen. I loved their KGB Stout. I liked that KGB, too. That was probably the best beer I had at that beer fest. I agree. But part of that was because it was really kind of cold and everyone was serving IPAs which I just was not in the mood for when I was cold. Like, I couldn't feel my hands, and I was like, give me a stout or a porter or something, <laughs> and nobody had anything. Well, a double IPA, because they're thick. That's like true. Stout. But no, there but weren't even those. They for were the all... price, you know, since it's all included, no one's going to just... pour high ABV like and that. And that just kills me, because at the fests here, there are, I mean, there's some breweries, they bring their run-of-the-mill stuff. See, I, I think like you might as well not show up if you're just going to bring... The beer that yeah. everyone knows that you serve and knows what it tastes like. Like, wow me. Show me something you, show right. me your new beer. Show me that, like, that batch 48 that you made that you, you know, not show sure if you want to sell Show me something you only have a half keg of because it's so rare and yeah. you don't know if you're going to make it again. Yeah. Well, that's why it's fun when it's the small breweries that go there. Um, um, Bokes Brewery out of, out of Philly area. 
They've been coming to a lot of the brew fest locally here. And his Monster Mash Stout is... I waited in line for 20 minutes for my second glass because <laughs> it was that good. Why... I mean, Monster Mash is... It doesn't tell me anything Reminds about me it of, other of than... Brooklyn Monster. Monster. Russian Imperial Stout. Mm. Okay. Um, oak aged. Oh. And just amazing. It's 10.5% if I remember right. And if I ever see it, I buy it. That's nice. I've not heard of that brewery. They're very small. It's a guy and his wife in the garage. That's awesome. Can we call him? <laughs> Probably. Do you know him? <laughs> I've got his contact information somewhere. I can All right. To you. Well, when you say Philly area brewery, um, and you're saying that many good things about it, it's. I haven't had anything from them that was bad. We'll show up bearing gifts. It'll be fun. <laughs> I'm starting to regret. I was I was walking past my table on the way out of the house today, and then I passed the. Uh, I have a bag full of the Firestone 16, and I thought about bringing one. And I was just like, ah, we'll drink it another time, but. Berlin. Perfect. Yeah, that, well, Berlin that's, would I would have left it with him. I was just thinking about that now. And I was like, eh, I'll see Shannon in a week. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, right. But Berlin would probably really love that beer. <laughs> <laughs> have you had I'll it? get you a bottle. Which, um, Firestone no, Walker's 16-year anniversary no, beer. No, that one I have not had. It's basically uh, every bottle comes in a box. And in the box, there's like a scroll wrapped around the bottle. And it tells you how they make it. There's, oh, wow. It's like a, it's front and back of the page is all about this beer. If you can recreate it for Ian, he will probably be your BFF. Well, it would be almost impossible to recreate because all they do is they take a bunch of the beers that they brew, mix them all together, and throw them in small bourbon oh, barrels. Oh, blended. Blended yeah. beers. So it's a blended beer. It's well, like a scotch or a wine or something, and it's it's got to be like 15 different beers that they just jam together and age. Well, that's, that's uh, so we've, we're, we're ending an experiment here with the uh, brew club, a barley wine we did. Ah, right, that's right. It's, yeah. going to be, it's going to be ready in June. <laughs> Perfect barley wine We'll time. be here. <laughs> well, I'm going to bottle mine. Um, we, we all made the same, exact same recipe. That's the requirement. Um, and my uh, all-grain mentor is the keeper of the barrel, and his name is Jason Walker. We talk about Walker Firestone Brewing, and, and Jason makes some amazing beers. So we came up with this recipe. It was a clone recipe that one of the guys came up with. Everybody agreed on it. And part of the uh, uh, requirements when we do this is everybody has to, has to vote, yes, that beer can go in the barrel. Okay. You get one bad beer in there, it ruins the entire barrel. It's a 55-gallon barrel, so oh, we wow. all make our share. Now, we had beer, the same recipe ranged in alcohol from 9.1 to about 12.5%. Well, it's the brewing efficiency of people's equipment, right. how the, their methods, how, how they went about. Their um, mine got voted the most dangerous because they said... <laughs> Yours is 12.1? <laughs> no, mine was only 10 and a half. Okay. But, but it was the smoothest. They said it was very... Yes. They, they said that didn't taste like a That's 10 and a half. That's where he gets me every time I come drinking with him. Yeah, he's like, this is 9.8 double IPA. And you're like, oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> tastes like water. Well, and it's, and it's because I, I have... I have a triple filtered water that I use with the water softener system I right. have, and I don't add any chemicals, um, so that changes the profile. But Jason was very worried, in fact, I guess I can say it now, because uh, around December he just pulled me aside at one of the meetings, he said, don't tell anybody, but I think it's ruined. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, I smelled it, it smells awful. Oh, no! So at, um, on St. Patrick's Day we were down there, because we have a get-together, and, and we drew about this much out and sampled it. 
Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> it's a light ruby red color, like oh, a wow. pigeon's blood ruby. Wow. Have you ever seen one of those? Yeah. Yes. It's about that color. So smooth. And our filler ingredient when the barrel soaks up the liquid and the level goes down was bourbon. <laughs> so in other words, you're going to have a heck of a party when you like finally break open this barrel. <laughs> yeah, it, I'm, I'm guessing because we'd been drinking all day so I was gone and I still remember this crystal clear when we tasted it so it had to have been really impressive. Um, I'm guessing close to 20% when all That's is said crazy. and done. So I'm going to bottle it in fancy bottles and just put it away. That sounds awesome. But we I'll have some for I, I know Shannon's not a big barley wine. I think she's changed. But this one, I think. She did might. you listen to the barley wine yes, episode? Yes, I did. I mean, come now. I guess Max and Ian took a page from your book, and, they <laughs> <laughs> and I still have meat on on tap. Now That's there too. see. I'm learning that there's not really anything that I dislike completely. Right. It's, it's just a matter of finding. A you good don't like example. poorly done things. It's yes. Yeah, well, there, there's there are certain things I can. I'll use the big breweries as an example because I don't like Budweiser, um, Coors, Miller. I think we can all. I won't use my here. normal names for them. Yeah. <laughs> um, our, our PG but rating. They thirteen. PG they 13. can consistently make the same flavor every time, and part of the blame I have on their flavor is prohibition. Yes. Oh, mm -hmm. I read that. That's so true. Yeah, they they had to do that. And people got used to that flavor. They they didn't have the big bold flavors that the different immigrants brought with them. And, yeah. I almost brought um, my Oxford companion to beer because I felt like Ferlin would appreciate it. I would have stolen it. But <laughs> <laughs> you don't have one? No. It's wow. actually quite fantastic. That's what I was reading when I was stranded in the uh, Brussels airport. I recall. But I first I read Brewmaster's Table and loved that so much cover to cover, which is interesting because the last half of the book is just all food and beer pairings. Um, Shucks. We're not into that at all. <laughs> <laughs> and then the B Oxford Companion just sort of ups the ante a little bit. Uh, but there, there's a lot of history that they talk Lambic? about. I think I'm. I think the lambic. It's the lighter of them, even though lambics tend Sorry to, to interrupt. <laughs> no, that's okay. Let's, we could do that one three ways. It's the, probably going to be a very. The, well, lambics can be a palate killer. When I tasted it, I didn't get the sour. Now my wife is my my since she's a non-beer drinker, non-carbonated drink drinker. Um, I make her taste them all because she has no idea. It, it's tabula rasa when she tastes. But something. she's got a great palate. Well, when I when I first because uh, she keeps it so clean all the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I first uh, did this recipe for the uh, smoked porter, it's based on it's inspired by stone. In fact, it's a clone of stone that I modified. I remember you saying that you like doubled the smoke. Yeah, and uh, when I had her taste it, she said, "Well, why does it taste like chocolate coffee?" And then there's it almost tastes like your scotch. Win! I got it right! <laughs> exactly! She's making an ugly face, you're making a happy face. Yeah, exactly, and, and I do that a lot of times. I'll, I'll give her something and she'll pick out flavors that I couldn't pick out that are supposed to be there. Right. You wanted them to be there, but you might not be able to taste exactly. them yourself. Now this one is probably not carbonated at all because it's only been bottled up a week. Oh, look at the color difference. Uh-huh. Oh, there are bubbles. I'm impressed. Now, like this is this is a quick lambic recipe that Brad gave me, and what it required is taking acidulated malt and making a starter. That's 
not English to me. Okay. <laughs> if we're going to be honest. It's an it's a malt treated with acid. Okay. To create the breakdown in it to give you your Whoa. to give you your sourness. So his recipe called for making a starter and letting it sit on the refrigerator for a week. On or in? On. To get the heat from the top? <laughs> to get the heat from the top, to get the lac uh, the, the bacteria... Agitated? Growing. <laughs> and when I lifted the lid to actually make the wart, about knocked me over. And when you make the wart, you, you do, do the... Excuse me. You do the boil. Well, you don't do the boil, but you do all your extracts. Add this starter to it, and then sit it back on the refrigerator for another week, so it's nice and hot. And, this and was a very time-consuming challenge <laughs> yeah. we gave him. Well, no idea. It tried to pull the lid right, back I'm on sure. when I opened it up. Oh. It was this white film on it. My wife looked at that and said, "Ew." Oh. I said, "Don't worry. It's supposed to look like that." <laughs> hey, Max, take a bow. Look what you did to Berlin. So you owe him a cigar at least. Yeah, I, I'm down with that. Yeah, we like cigars. Yes. Right now with the cold, I can't, but, you know, later. But I just noticed Ian's socks, sorry. I know. <laughs> Those are awesome. These were a gift from uh, loyal listener Dory. Nice. Those are awesome. His, so, his socks have uh, mugs. Beer steins. Not beer. steins, I guess, but Very the classical I, I, Frosty yes. beer glass, yes. yeah. Yes, those, those are perfect. But this is my first Lambic, so. I like it. I think the sours come out a lot more. Well, I don't know about more, but I can get the sour off of it now. The smell, that's the first thing I did when I put my nose in the glass. Mm -hmm. That just was awesome. Now, the rhubarb's coming through more than it did when I actually tasted the, the, the leftovers when I bottled. Not as bitter, though, as in the, uh, in no, the wheat one. No, it's almost like a savory rhubarb flavor, like if you're using it as an appetizer or something. I like it. I like it a lot. So, and and I've I've come Rubar to appreciate lambics becoming with the craft beer and, and learning how to brew. So, what? You're not a big lambic fan, right? Uh, lambics were one of the first things to win me over about yeah? craft beer. Right. But it was um, well. Here's my new rule. I was watching Travel Channel or something, and there was a really great beer bar that it was basically a gastropub in terms of the amazing things they were doing with food, but their most popular dessert was a frambois float. And I tried it, and I, I drew the line there. Like, yes, frambois is sweet, and it's desserty, but somehow once you put the vanilla ice cream in it, it just ruined all of the good things that I loved about the See, beer. See, I like a Guinness float, I gotta say. See, and I think that would be lovely. See, as much as I like stout, I've never had the opportunity to try one. See, I would do I a creme brulee stout so float. A Guinness stout? Much. Oh, yeah. They're good. There was a, a bar <laughs> that I would frequent when I was in college, and uh, they they started offering that on their menu as a, a dessert option. And the reason I ordered it is because I would just I would just drink Guinness all day long when I'd go there. Uh, and Guinness is a great all-day drink beer. Yeah. Despite its heaviness that people talk about. It's not, though. It's, it's 3.9% not. Exactly. Yeah. It's a light beer. It's, well, light it's not beer. a light beer, but it's, it's light well, it's in green. alcohol. Well, it's green. Jason's Summer Shandy is higher in ABV. Right. <laughs> so I could drink Guinness all day long. It's a great session beer. Yeah. And uh, I guess it started even back then. One of the waitresses came up, and she's like, can I get you another Guinness? I said, ah, surprise me. So she comes back, and she... she has a pint of Guinness, and I was like, "Well, not, 
not a super surprise. original, but <laughs> yeah. I'll go with it. And I take a sip of it, and I was just like, oh, what's going on here? And she put two shots of vanilla vodka in it. And I was like, okay. <laughs> See, when I was in college, there was no, there was vodka. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sometimes in a plastic bottle. Yes. Um, no. No, no Vlad. Yeah, I'm you. old. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't make plastic back then. <laughs> but uh, so when there was a vanilla ice cream, you know, Guinness float available, I was like, well, yeah, vanilla in Guinness is actually very good. Well, so. Vanilla stouts, vanilla porters. So. I think almost any stout that Southern Tier makes would make a great float. Well, we had, I went to that Southern Tier beer dinner and they had the creme brulee with the vanilla ice cream and it was just a little much. Just yeah. too sweet? Just yeah, too sweet. That would be, that would make you Because Guinness egg. isn't sweet, you know, but when you right. add the vanilla to it, it you could do yeah, the Guinness is becomes, a right. Their chocolate is like a dark chocolate, so that might work. That might be nice. Or their but it would still uh, be mocha java. super sweet, I think. Yeah. And I don't really like super sweet things. I mostly this, believe you. This has changed a lot since just in the one week. So you're saying six months would be the ideal for aging? At least six months. For lambics and Belgians, you want to age. Um, it gets the flavor profiles to come out better. It mellows the alcohol content. So what is the ABV on this one? The That's the lowest one. That's oh, good. A, that's only 7.2. I was just going to say, talk about this to me tastes like... Yeah, but lambics are normally like 3.2. Shh. <laughs> 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 I could just fill up a pint glass and polish it off in 10 minutes of, you know, watching a daytime soap. And this is like my, a double IPA. Fantastic. <laughs> it's so, but it's... It, it's great. I'm not going to argue that point. This is the lowest beer we have today. So. Right. <laughs> well, 20 years ago, I would have said yeah, 7%. I percent. Yeah. <laughs> I have an entire knife pack in the car. I need to be able to use it and keep my fingers. <laughs> She's not good at that. Oh. But it, it, yeah, it came out at lower alcohol. I'm, I'm really pleased with it. I don't know if, I don't even know if the lamb, if it tastes like it's supposed to. Brad has requested I bring a bottle. I was gonna in. say. Now, <coughs> please give us um, maybe a brief overview of your history with Brad and just. Brad, he's he's the. Um, oh, he's got a title at the brew store. He came into the brew store. He's um, uh, fairly well educated. Um, Easy going. In life or in beer or in all of the uh, above? For his age, all of the above. I mean, he's your age. And, and from my you point of view. You mean young and spry, of course. Right, of course. <laughs> um, and he came with a lot of ideas to the brew store that I think have really panned out. And he's also the go-to guy for ideas. And, you know, the first time we met, we hit it off fairly well. Well, the way I dress, he knew I was a little different than everybody else. <laughs> You mean more comfortable than everybody else? <laughs> well, that too. Um, <clears throat> and he hated meads. And I happened to have brought my lavender mead to that meeting That's a good when one. we first met. And uh, so now we have a um, to be determined brewing date because we're going to make a big batch of mead. He has access to cherry blossom honey. Oh. And that's a project that we want to work on together. <clears throat> but Brad is, uh, he's. <clears throat> um, an instructor, and then then uh, last year I posted about my wife's and my anniversary, he, and he commented back, "Oh, that's my anniversary too. That's great. How long have you guys been married?" And I said, thirty years," and I got a reply back, and I could tell there was a pa pause. He says, "Dude, I'm not even thirty yet." <laughs> <laughs> and he said, "Oh, how old are you?" He says, "I'm 28." Oh, that's my daughter's age, Brad. Oh, and. Man. 
and I, I could see the look on his face that I don't think he realized how old I actually was when we, when we <laughs> talked. But uh, he, he helps out a lot there, and he gives you ideas of things to do. Well, and that's something we were talking about earlier. Ian and I are big proponents of the small business, and that's something that you Partly because we started one. <laughs> it could be. Um, it also is reflective of the places we live. You know, we like sure. the towns that have, like, the walkable Main Street and mm -hmm. all of the little family-owned businesses, and that's kind of what we enjoy. Um, but that's I have never stepped foot in a Walmart. Of course you haven't. I wish I could say sort of like I think me and I could tell you the last date I had McDonald's and it was two and a half years ago. You know, because I couldn't tell you the date, but it was longer than that. Yeah. No, it's usually when I'm on a long driving That's trip what it was. and I need something in my stomach. It was eight days, my cooler was empty, and there was nothing, and I needed to go to the back. I'll go out of my ways to at least, at least find like an Applebee's or something, which is, in my mind, a small step above the McDonald's <laughs> and stuff, because you can actually sit down... And they actually cook something probably in the back there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But, but so. that's the thing about Brad. You might be able to get it cheaper online, but you're not going to get that experience and that interactive idea. Or that knowledge. Well, and knowledge and the yes. And he's from that age group that really looks at the inter I mean, I hate to use that cliche because I'm in IT, so it really <laughs> irritates me when people say, well, go ask your kids how to work that. My, my kids will look at them and like they're from Mars. <laughs> ask no no he tells us how it works and we make it work um, but he looks up these things what the going prices are he, he keeps up on the latest trends and um, he likes to experiment and, and we just kind of hit it off so we trade stories we trade ideas see how this will work um, so we have a lot of fun and with an outfit like that there's a lot of things I can get online cheaper, but I won't because I can go there and talk to the owners. I can talk to Brad, Tim, the different folks in the shop, get some ideas, or they'll say, well, here, just try this and let us know how it works and not charge me for it because they want to see how it works. It's something new. Right. Or if there's something you really need that they don't have, they'll get it for you. Yes, every time. I love that. We have a couple of folks like that. And, it's and they've <laughs> come through in a pinch. Yeah, absolutely. The uh, Russian River. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm the little tomato again. All right. We have the. No, I've got you. Come on. Okay. Ready, go. Come on, folks. All right. Well, I'm quite pleased nice. with that one. That was yeah, fantastic. I, I, we get the I like that more than the wheat, I'll yeah. say. Can I? My glass makes me so happy. It is um, Bullfrog Ales and Lager. They're up in Williamsport. Right, and the back says, you'll love this frog in your throat. <laughs> I just think that's a great quote. They make some, they have some. Have you ever had any of bullfrogs? I haven't. That's I saw their quote first. Most of their, yeah, that tends to get vapor locked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> most Frisbee. of their stuff is Belgian based. Very. Yeah, Belgian and lager. For very different. Everything's different. We went up there on a brew club field trip. And when we got up, it was a couple years ago, when we got up there, it was, they had an, they called it the Easter egg beer. I can't, I was it's great. so far gone, I can't remember great the name Great that you have it. a DD wife. It's great. Yes. yes. Okay. I got to get me one of those at the wife part. Um, I will let you, it's either the stout or the Belgian. Both are very heavy. I think we got to end on the stout. I agree. End Let's on the stout? The yeah. Because we do have a, a, a Belgian that... Um, 
for Milbot Brewing to try too at the yeah, end. Yeah, so we're down to like 20 minutes and three beers left to drink. So uh, okay. This is a. Uh, I better pour then. <laughs> and I, I mean, the it's kind of the best problem ever. <laughs> I am going to use this moment to go into a listener question that will probably just spout off with 20 more minutes of conversation, which is why we're going to bring oh, it up this, now. Excellent. See, this is not carbonated at all. Belgians take a while. Oh, wow. Look out. That's. There's a nice red-brown on that. It's almost like a brunette, Ian. <laughs> I like redheads, too, though. It's true. I'm just going to have a little bit of this oh, one. Oh, it smells fantastic. It does smell lovely. So, uh, Chris Goss posted on our Facebook page. I know that guy. Um, do you? Because I don't. <laughs> it's kind of awesome. Chris, nice to meet you. Um, he wants to know what some of our favorite or preferred APAs are. He is also a home brewer, and he just made his own version of Victory's Headwater Pale Ale, which is one of his all-time favorites. And as hops lovers, I thought that you guys were the perfect people to ask that question to. Ten years ago, I would have had a pat answer. Which was? Um, Go ahead and say your think. own. No, because I hadn't really developed an, uh, pale ale, uh, an IPA that I of my own that I was pleased with then. Um, my first big craft pale ale was Sierra Nevada. Okay, yep. It has a soft spot in my heart because it's near my home stomping grounds where I grew up. But they went into business a year after I got commissioned in the Navy and moved. So, um, I like Sierra Nevada as well, but then I had their torpedo and I was like, this is so much better. It really is. Yeah. It just um, ups the ante. Well, they have their pale ale, the torpedo is a But their pale ale is basically like an IPA. Like yeah. it's, it's a very hoppy pale And that ale. was my first ever experience with a non-big beer, here's an IPA, and it was it's like, crisp, oh, it's lovely. Would you rather refreshing. do Sierra Nevada Pale Ale or Dogfish 60 Minute? Sierra Nevada. Sierra yeah. Nevada. I like Sierra I Nevada. They're, they're nice. Just, based they do on good our stuff. conversation Now, their earlier. celebration ale surprised me because I saw that this year for the first time over the holidays, and I thought, oh, it's a Christmas beer. No, it's just mm. an imperial pale ale. Yeah. <laughs> Which wasn't they do, bad they because do pale I loved ales it. really well and, and well, some variations of it. But, but Sam Adams does some good Christmas oh, yes. holiday stuff. So, you know, I, I wouldn't rule it out that a larger brewery. Sure. But, but as my palate has changed and I've gotten, now that I understand what goes into them, I, I cannot pick a favorite. I am trying to develop my favorite. In fact, that's what's fermenting right now, and I'm hoping I got it because if it tastes half as good as it smelled yesterday, I'll be <laughs> in heaven. How much longer do you have to wait? About a month. Oh my gosh, I'm not meant to. That's be like a the downside. I'm well, not patient. You, if you brew consistently, though, you always have one on while you're right. waiting for the other ones to go. I try or to two keep on two on whatever. since yeah. I have a two-tap system, but uh, sometimes I have help drinking. Summer, the, uh, yeah. <laughs> Okay, we shouldn't visit quite so much. <laughs> um, I'll say that I really like the PPA, which is, uh, I think, okay. Yards. It's the oh yes, the Philly my, Pale Ale. I have one which problem. I, I like it, A, because of their name, which is the PPA, which everyone hates in Philadelphia. Yes, that's my one problem with I think it's beer. great. I think it's awesome. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, yeah it's the PPA. Uh, Philadelphia Pale Ale. Philadelphia Parking Authority. The Philadelphia Parking Authority who, there is a show written about how terrible they are called Parking Wars. Yep. Um... But I think it's a very nice pale ale. I like it a lot. Just just for record on this Belgian, it's eleven, just over eleven percent. Oh, good. It's um. <laughs> and that's a guess because I don't know what it changed to with the sugar added. 
it's strong. <laughs> it is a strong this Belgian. This one, unlike the Lambic, which was super smooth, this one tastes... I it's think got it's, a rhubarb uh, base to it. See, I can't get the rhubarb out of this really? one. Really? I get a color difference in yours I get it kind of all over. Well, mine was, mine's the bottom yeah, of the bottle. Yeah, that's the part of the bottle that you're in. Yeah. Whereas I've got a lot more red and you're just a lot more no, brown. It, it did change. Because that recipe does not have that color red in it. And I'm colorblind, so... It, um... Yeah, there is no carbonation for sure. So for you guys picturing it at home, there's no head to it or anything. Oh, um, it does come through. Yeah. I've got the chewy part. <laughs> <laughs> I love the chewy part. Yeah, I think it's uh, even on the tip of the tongue, like with the, the wheat yeah. beer, you can only kind of taste it on the back and the sides. Yeah. yeah. It's, but it's, this is kind of rhubarb yeah, this, all this over. One, the, like, and like I said, the, this Belgian recipe is designed to go six months. So... Now, will it get sweeter as it ages? It doesn't or? get sweeter, but that rocket fuel mm -hmm. background kind of mellows <laughs> out. Okay. What I'm going to say to our wonderful friend Chris, um, Oscar Blues, Dale's Pale Ale. Oh, yes. Dale's Pale is good. I really like that one. Um, Deviant Dale, even better. Isn't that like up a notch? It's like the Imperial yeah. version. What is it? Bethlehem. Stone has a nice one, too. Yeah. Stone does. All and, of Stone's um, is good. Flying Dog makes the doggy style. Which I think is I haven't tried that one yet. Excellent There's for both naming because that's hilarious, <laughs> and uh, it is a very good beer. That's not just me. I haven't biased. had that one in a while, uh, if ever, actually. Actually, um, somebody that I, I've been talking to that just got into home brewing gave me this one from Bethlehem Brew Works, and I've got to find the name. It was an amazing. We have been invited there about six times now. We just need to make the drive to Bethlehem. Thunderhop IPA. Yes. The church, not Bethlehem, but Church Brewing Works out in out in uh, uh, Pittsburgh. Oh. It's called Thunderhop. You might be headed out that way too. It's one of it's it's high on the list. It was an amazing IP, IPA. It was, uh, I think, eight or nine percent for uh, a single IPA. Yes, That's but crazy. it was very balanced. So you had everything going on there, um, and like I said, I'm trying to develop one that that's the one I want. So the one that I've got in the fermenter now has four kinds of hops. Mm. At different intervals, it'll be dry. If Ian hopped. brings you a growler of double citra, could you try to recreate <laughs> it? Because the rest of the year he is sad and moping. How, how am I going to part with a growler of double <laughs> citra? <laughs> how am I going to get a growler of double citra? We're going to drive to Vermont. Well, then I need <laughs> six growlers. I'll well, never make the trip back. Actually, I've already tasted a, a, a somebody in the club attempted to recreate it. He went up to Vermont and had that and said, I have to have this. And it's so they found good. when you go to a brew pub and they find out you're a home brewer, you better have a DD. Oh, they're fairly generous in in what you get. Um, we were in the Finger Lakes and I went to a brewery and I asked the gal serving us all the different questions and she looked at me with a blank look. She said, "I have no idea what you're asking me." The owner's coming in; he might help. <laughs> and when I asked him my questions, he gave me this quizzical look. He said, "You're a home brewer, aren't you?" Yeah. Right. He says, "Oh, here. Well, try this. Try now. You had to buy a ticket to get your your taste, your three samples." Okay. Um, after about a half an hour, I said, uh, "We need to slow down because I do have to drive." <laughs> <laughs> um, but I really appreciate all your time and attention, and, yeah. and that in the craft beer industry, that's the way they are. They, well, they, we've talked about it before. It's just it's such a generous yes. and uh, sharing community of people overall. It seems. Everyone, nobody's necessarily like trying to hide their secret, 
they're all just being like, oh, you also like to brew? Have you tried this? Oh, what about this? And, you know, let me, let me tell you how we did it. And our, our I first, love that about it. Our first year with, as a club when we did the ABC Brew Fest, Voodoo Brewing was there. Mm -hmm. and I like their stuff. Oh. <sighs> you two have had the best facial expression. <laughs> we start filming our podcast. Well, <laughs> the, the head brewer came down. I mean, it's all of three people. He came down to talk now to I'm us. Now I'm the baby tomato. Hold on. He came down to talk to us, and it was basically a free one-hour brewer seminar where he explained to us everything that went into it um, and told us how to make some of his flagship beers. That's great. That's the, that's the kind of... Uh, of people that you get on that that's wow okay so we have a stout and a we have a stout and then tell us more about the this is Milbach Milbach okay we have two guys in our club Albert and Alan and wait your club has the best name ever rehab yes I mean regional Harrisburg area brewers <laughs> That is, I, I love We that. had a lovely outing with them, actually. We did, um, at Trogues. Yeah. And there was just something awesome about walking into a room that had a sign on the door that said, Rehab, enter in, here. In a brewery, <laughs> yeah. It, it gets on. There's people that have not gotten the pun. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> kind of sad. But, yeah. um, but Alan and Albert went pro about two years ago. And uh, it's Al Alan Miller, Albert DeBach. So, Milbach. Okay. Albert is an um, uh, expatriate from Holland. He became an American a citizen place. a couple of years ago. Uh, Albert's kind of one of the mentors for people learning about brewing in the club. Um, and uh, like a lot of us, his inspiration for brewing, brewing beer was because he couldn't get what he wanted at a reasonable price. Um, Alton Brown. <gasps> I love Alton Brown. Have you, have you oh. Hello. Uh oh. Remember, I said about overcarbonation. That stuff just <laughs> wants to be drunk. Look how dark oh. that is. Oh. Whoa. Hello, new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, we know this one's carbonated. <laughs> Tell me more about Alton um, Brown. I'm sorry. Alton Brown had an episode, and I think everybody in the club has seen it, on brewing. The he, Good Eats. Show? Yes, on yes. Good Eats. He I, he's brings it down to science. Even Jason, like who Like Bill Nye, the cooking. science guy? Yeah. Yes. He explains the science of cooking. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I don't need to add as much bottle, bottling sugar to this one. It's quite frothy for a stout. Well, yeah. it was all numbers and how to add it, so. I'd always, I don't know. I'd rather have a beer with too much head than not enough. Is that the wrong answer? Yeah, it depends it, on the flavor. What you I get, guess. well, no, what you get with the with the carbonation, is. you get carbonic con conversion, which adds a different flavor profile to the beer. Here's what I like: the rhubarb has tasted different in every beer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Though I'm gonna say, I know you don't want to go pro. You might have a future in, <laughs> in rhubarb lambic. I I mean it. It was. That changed a lot from when I bottled, and we're getting. <laughs> You're that's, just meant to have the whole beer. just like, hey, don't yeah. forget about me. Yeah, really. That is beautiful. I can't believe, I've never had a stout carbonate like that. That's amazing. 
course, this is Dear isn't. Cousin Max, we're having a great time. Yes. Love, Shannon. Sucks Ian. to be you. I, I, I'm, I will send What's a bottle. What's it like working at a bank on a Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> I'll send a bottle of each back for you, Max. This is the problem, guys. Since it was your challenge. We, um, we love beer. We love food. We love entertaining. But it's not exactly autonomous yet we still have day jobs so that means that we have to squeeze in our beer food and entertaining see i'm actually eligible to retire this year what yeah hey we could keep you well gainfully employed (laughs) oh i can't afford to retire but i'm eligible (laughs) this has changed well it's it's amazing the wheat is the only one that has not had a lot of changes since bottling every other one has changed dramatically which was only a couple weeks ago right well, uh, it's been a month for the uh, a month? stout and the wheat. Okay. The Lambic and the Belgian have been in the bottle a week because they took the longest for a I'm really time. excited to see what the, the Lambic tastes like. Yeah. Yes. When well, it's we'll send, we'll send a, fully I mean, done. There, there's several extra bottles, so we'll send some <laughs> back with you. I'm going to say Lambic, stout, wheat, Belgian. That was the order in which I preferred them. Yeah, the Belgian was a little rough, but it was also not near done. Well, yeah, so. yeah, right. the Belgian is rocket fuel right it's now. Like, yeah. yeah. I, I think it had all of the right pieces, but ask me in three or four months. Yeah. Just Again, I say I'm not very patient. Well, <laughs> the Belgians open over the sink. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. Because this recipe is wearing is, a, is one, an apron. <laughs> it's one that I have not gotten right yet. There are a few words on the label it says. Rhubarb, open over the sink. <laughs> Made by Verlin oh. in a kilt. I am pleased with this. This is nice. It's got it's, it's really got nice. that bitter rhubarb to it. Like it, the, the rhubarb definitely still comes through. Yeah. But then there's also a little coffee. Because roasty rhubarb is yeah. not something you really think of. Well, part of it, the reason I use this stout recipe is my grandmother had coffee with every dessert. Yes, Until my mother does too. the day she died. Now, my a nice likes cappuccino myself. Instant but. coffee with every dessert, but whatever. Yeah. We'll, we'll forgive her for that, but uh, I won't. Ian's <laughs> <laughs> a coffee snob. I don't do instant coffee. I do. In fact, my wife's mother took her and her sisters on a cruise, and they stopped in Cartagena. So I have Colombian espresso roast beans. What did you think day. of the uh, the coffee that we dropped off I your way it. a long while ago? I don't even remember what it was, but it was, it was one of the reserved coffee. It came coffees. with a refractometer. Yes, yes the <laughs> refract. I think about you every time I use that. That Aww. is the greatest tool. That is a great compliment. <laughs> oh, that is that in fact <clears throat> When I told the guys in the brew club about that, they said, oh, we need to meet your friend. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were a little jealous because I, at Refract, they've come down in price recently, but they're still an expensive tool. So, Well, I was quite stunned when I looked in that bag amazing. that got, suddenly appeared at my feet. <laughs> <laughs> what can I say? I'm mysterious that way. But it, there were three of us splitting the cost. We had a great day. We drank a lot of And I was watching beer. my kid perform. So. Yeah. There you go. I mean, yeah, you were distracted. It's all right. There are so many, and I know this comes up a lot in listener questions, but there are so many parallels for me between beer and coffee that if I meet a coffee lover, I assume they like beer and vice versa. I would not discount that. I don't think that's too far off. Yeah. There's just so many similar flavors and both of the beverages only... Well, well, Jason, my brewing mentor... um, his previous job before the one now, he was the driver and, distri- and uh, 
the guy that came in and serviced coffee machines. Okay. Oh, okay. And he got into that job because he couldn't pay off his student loans as a teacher. <laughs> well. Isn't that a shame? Yeah. So I honestly believe that teachers should be some of the highest paid people out there. Oh, no. Administrators are now. <laughs> just don't, don't even get me going on that soapbox. And uh, <laughs> he's a, a, a coffee aficionado and one of the best brewers I've ever met. And part of me doesn't know, is it because discerning coffee drinkers are also discerning beer drinkers? Or is it because of the similarity in the flavors? I think flavors? there's a lot of similarity in flavors. Like, there's a lot of, of bitterness in beer. Um, there's a lot of bitterness in coffee, but there's also that sweetness. I had one of my favorite coffees of all time was grown in a dormant volcano. And it tasted <laughs> like the most delicious Kona, smoky... Kona, that's what you gave me, was the Kona. Was it the Kona? Yes. It was like the most delicious smoky cigar coffee I've ever had. All I wanted to do was drink that and smoke a cigar. <sighs> and I'm getting over a cold and can't have a cigar. <laughs> Soon enough, though. Yes. And it was just... It was great. El Salvador, it was called, I believe. <gasps> have you had that? Yes. It's so good. And we would brew it on our little clover machine, so it would like fully extract all the flavors, and it just, oh, man, I loved it. So I think there's, there's a lot of similarities for sure, and I think it's more the, fi the flavor profile than the fact that, although I suppose it's a little of both for sure, because if you like finer things in life, you tend to like all of the finer things. If mm -hmm. you like cigars, you probably also like scotches and bourbons and whiskeys. Well, I don't like bourbons, but I do like really? bourbons. No, I'll challenge you on a bourbon that. fan. You, you know what? You got me to start drinking mead. Yeah, I'm gonna bring you a couple bourbons, and you're gonna taste them. Now, Knob Hill, I like that. Have you ever had Eagle Rare? No. That's my big bourbon that's right now. That's like my that's my house single malt scotch. That's my well bourbon. Yeah. But yeah. it's so good. Single malt scotch and Irish Irish whiskey. You got me. Go so, figure. <laughs> so, but they've had, they've kind of been going for a while now, so they've had time to refine themselves. Yeah. I think bourbon is the next, uh, the next thing that's kind of having its re renaissance. Well, it's like Irish whiskey for years that was considered cheap whiskey. Right. Nobody liked it. Well, oh, it's so good in my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it has a very smooth flavor, and I think bourbon's has the same. Bourbon is Same very smooth. stigma because you think of uh, backwoods Tennessee. Right, you think of that moonshine, yeah. bourbon, whatever. And uh, speaking of moonshine, this guy I've been talking to, he started brewing somebody I know from my bowling league, and he makes apple pie. Oh, you're from Lancaster. You should yes. have heard of this. Well, What's his this? is really dangerous. Oh, you don't know what apple pie is, do you? I know what apple pie is when it comes out of an oven and you mm -hmm. put vanilla ice cream on it. This, <laughs> this is, it's basically a moonshine-based whiskey or, or alcohol, and he, he uses Everclear when he can get it. Oh, God, I can't. Oh. Stuff will blind you. No, not this stuff. Well, actually, it could because it's, it's liquid apple pie. It's about 24%. D you know Todd. Uh, Lowry, he yes. used to brew Bolio, Boleo, Boleo. Yes. See, Todd, it, it, it's interesting with Todd because he doesn't make the connection on why he knows me. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Which is really hilarious. Right, but he would just show up to a cast party with like basically a jug of Boleo and say, it's awesome, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> And okay. I mean, again, to people who are used to drinking Lion's Head and, you know, Yangling, 
you start putting something that tastes delicious and is ridiculously high in ABV in front of them. Mm-hmm. And it's really good warm or in apple cider or whatever. So at the end of the season, when it was nice and cold out, and we'd be having a cast yeah. party. It's like, oh my gosh, so dangerous. Everyone's huddled around that and sipping it furiously. <laughs> and just... Well, this is the same way. And, and Josh makes this amazing <clears throat> apple pie. So he, I Sorry. get some every year. because, And it's all because I give him advice on brewing that he's learned how to do. It's like, Josh, you've been figuring this out on your own. Don't tell him that. <laughs> well, I don't think he listens to the podcast, so I think I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Josh, you should listen to the podcast. Yeah. But not this one. Listen but to the next one. <laughs> but keep giving Berlin the delicious apple pie. Well, he, he, and me. I want to try this apple pie you speak of. I, I have some. <laughs> there we go. We're, up, we're almost out of time. We'll be drinking that stuff in no time. Yeah. Um, I don't have to go anywhere. Lucky man, but we have to go to work. <laughs> yeah. So, so the stout is eight, eight and a half percent. That's still it's very light tasting. Yeah, from that high. And it has changed dramatically since I bottled it. May it's I a little, ask it's you this? sure drier like a Guinness. I was going to say it it's, has, it's a dry stout. Yeah, it's a dry. It's an imperial dry stout. I feel for the most part that home brew has a higher ABV. Um, it depends on the brewer. Uh, is it really? It comes yeah. back to that. Uh, it, the whole point when you when you make your brew, you take your grains. The grains are a starch. Starch needs to be to ferment. You have to have sugars, so you convert starch to sugar. The way you do that is add heat. That's your mash process. Right. If if you're an all grain brewer, if you're extract, you buy the syrup. The amount of sugars you get depends on the uh, weight of the grain. How much grain you use in it. Um, I like big, bold, flavorful beers, so mine tend to be higher alcohol. Um, now, could you bring down the alcohol without losing anything else? You can, but it's actually harder to do. Okay. It, I mean, it, because it, we've talked before how we tend to enjoy the higher ABV beers, but we, it's not because, like we said earlier, we're not trying to get drunk. It's they just taste better. Yeah, it, and it, and it's it's actually difficult to get a high flavorful beer at a low alcohol alcohol content um, because there's so many grains that go into creating that flavor. So what about like a Guinness? Because I consider that still flavorful even though I in the, this world of craft. That's a perfect example. Okay. I, th- I think. Now there's, there's people that will say, oh, nah, go bad beer. Yeah. yeah. Um, they look at it as the Miller of uh, Ireland. Oh. Which I think is a disservice because I, I like think it Guinness. is too because I think it's a good beer. I think it's it's it popular is. like Miller. Now it's changed in flavor. When I when I was in college, I started drinking Guinness because my roommates wouldn't touch it. <laughs> now here, let me ask you this though: Guinness in Ireland mm-hmm. tastes different than Guinness in the U.S. Has it changed because it's brewed somewhere else? There are. Or has their recipe changed? There's three formulations of Guinness. Yes. There's export. There's the standard one you get. Um, and then something happened, and I'm not sure on this, I'm still researching it, but they got bought out Yes. in, what, the 80s or 90s? Because the uh, export version of it tastes like what I remember when I was in college. Okay. And the only reason I bought it is I thought, well, I want a beer my roommates won't steal. <laughs> and I only had one roommate that liked it, and he would always ask before he... He was a polite some. roommate. Well, and then he would refill it with double, so... Um, I need a couple of those. <laughs> <laughs> he was a little older. Um, but I, I think that, that they've changed the flavor for people's palates. 
Um, some people don't like the heavy beers. Go figure. Jason thinks it's the water. Because when we were in the Ireland, water, yes. the water Well, they have different, different. They have the brewing plant in Dublin, but they have other places that, that and, brew it as well. Well, and so with the, the water would come up. The, the foreign back ex, to there. The foreign, the foreign export, extra is nice. They use the Jamaican profile for the water. Okay. Because the water profiles will affect your fermentation. I dare say I like the foreign extra better than the regular Guinness. I heard an interesting rumor That's that what America used to taste like. America gets Guinness brewed from Ireland, and England gets Guinness brewed from India. I'm going back to I, uh, to England in August. Ask me. I'll buy a bottle right. and turn it over. Or I'll bring it back. Why not? Sure. I just remember... Bring two. I, <laughs> <laughs> when I was in... Two cases. Ireland... I had the foreign extra in 2008, and you couldn't buy it in the U.S., but by 2010, they said yes. Yes. And it had something to do with the ABV and the export laws. Right. Uh, because it is higher than the 3.9% of it's normal It's 7.2. Yeah, but nowadays, 7.2 is not that it's scary anymore. It's pretty on par yeah. with what but we do. But you have the neo-prohibitionists that want to keep anything alcoholic out of the... Yeah. That's why we're not friends with them. And they're very strong in Pennsylvania. Well, if I were a dictator, I would get them out of my country. <laughs> Gentlemen, we are going to have to enjoy the rest of the beer off of the podcast. Oh. I'm sorry. Milbach. Milbach. We apologize. Milbach. Uh, Albert and Ellen, I brought this up for your uh, We are still going to have it tonight oh, because yes. we're not heathens. Oh, yeah. I've had your stuff before. And we'll weigh, in, we'll weigh in on the next podcast what we thought about it. I, but yes. uh, I just apologize that... Basically, all of our, our batteries are running out. Probably somewhere <laughs> else to be, um, but we really appreciated Berlin. Uh, you're welcome back anytime. Um, Always. Oh yeah, this was really tough. You come up, and bring, <laughs> bring nice Omagong beer, and we get to sit and chat and drink beer all afternoon. Isn't podcasting the best? It's a tough job. I really want to do this when I grow up. Yeah, it's kind of the I, best. I think I found what I want to do when I retire. <laughs> Um, please like Chris Goss. Chris, I hope we answered your question sufficiently. If we didn't, you just hit us over the head. We I kind of waved my hands and went around it. Yeah. Well, That's all right. I but you, all you gave time. a couple good examples. We all, I think we all gave good examples of what we enjoy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you should Though try them say, out if you haven't had them before. And Chris, I don't think that I've had that victory beer that you've had. I haven't either. I've had it. It's a, it's a, it's a very crisp, enjoyable beer. I really like okay. it. Crisp. That sounds the, like a warm weather beer to me. It's a warm weather. We're getting that IPA. time of season, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. Well, they they Victory had a uh, um, at the Wegmans here. They had a tasting, and I went in to try it because I was going to get some beer. I was a little low, and <laughs> I don't believe happens. it. <laughs> well, it happens, and uh, and the representative was actually stunned with the questions I asked him. He looked at me and he said, "Okay, I don't understand. How can you ask those questions?" He said, "You're either a brewer or a home." Or a home brewer. I said, well, I'm a home brewer. He says, oh, thank God. <laughs> I said, what? He said, I've been getting questions like Coors type oh. questions all day. <laughs> You're the first person that actually understands what went into it. And one of the hops that's in that, I hate. But it was a good beer. Which hop is it? Simcoe. That's it? I, I know I know you hate the Simcoe. I, I actually I don't Simcoe. hate the Simcoe. I, don't I love Weyerbacher's Double Simcoe. But I, I, have, great beer. I have had some Simcoe hopped beers that I enjoy. Right. But, but they're, they're masked not, by other... Right. They're, they're not I think the, in a blend, I can 
do. It's right. sort of yeah. and that's one that I think they do a great job with it. Yeah. But I really like the double Simcoe, and I, and Simcoe yeah. is not in my my general line of the the hops that I enjoy. I like the, the citrus ones. I like the Centennial, the the Citra. But then there's Simcoe that throw okay. that's thrown in there, and maybe it's just because I'm you know a little sucker well, for Weyerbacher. Two to three weeks. You'll have to come up and try the double IPA. It's a new we'll recipe. We'll be back on the we'll 11th. Be back on the 11th. <laughs> <laughs> that's about right. <laughs> I may be kegging it around that time. Uh, well, that's perfect. <laughs> we could watch. <laughs> All right. So, as Jason loves to say, please rate us on iTunes at Beer Mistress's Microbrew Review. Tell your friends. Um, and I've rated it. Oh, that's fantastic. Good man. Uh, you can always find us online at dashingrogue.com. We are making changes to the website every week. I know that sounds like a little much, but we want to make sure it's the right thing Maybe for you. Maybe not every week, but we are refining and... And those are my hops on the page. They, they are. They sure are. I we stole them. I hope that's okay. Every photo on the website is a photo Jason took, and one of those photos is a picture of uh, the hops that Verlin is growing in his backyard, and the um, along the wall there. Brewer, yeah. the oh yeah, my brewing machine. Yeah, my brew. Yeah. It's a brewing machine. It, like he, <laughs> it was. It's the valve for my mash tun. Yes, mash tun is a word that I use all the time. <laughs> Berlin is a brewer. He has a thing that brews. It's all brewing. It's the mash machine. <laughs> Do the mash. <laughs> so, facebook.com slash dashing rogue. Please follow me on Twitter at beer mistress. Or at dashing underscore rogue. Or at both because we have different life experiences. Sure do. Philadelphia and D.C. Guess who wins? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to fix that, guys. Just bear with me. Berlin, thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you. We I've had a great it. time. We always have a great time. And basically, we need to just start allowing more time. Because whenever <laughs> we come here, we with this guy, especially, because he's leave. full of knowledge. <laughs> oh, thank you. So, um, thank you so much for joining us. This is Shannon, your beer mistress. I'm the professor. And I'm Verlin. Until next time. <laughs>